Hey, 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 folks. My name is Ben Baldwin, and welcome to my podcast. Not just any podcast, my very first podcast, folks. In my podcast, I'm going to be talking about a different amount of things between sports, entertainment, my personal opinions on things, things that are happening around, some top tens, just some random things I'm thinking about. Always got to throw in the song of the day, the random fact of the day, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I mean, hope that it's enjoyable. If not, happy you listened to a little bit or pretended to. So, a little bit about myself. I currently attend Washington State University up in Pullman, Washington. Now, for those of you who don't know where that is, which is expected, I guess, it's all the way almost in Idaho, just very eastern Washington. And what I'm doing here is I work for the men's basketball team as the head equipment manager. I've worked with the men's basketball team since my freshman year, and I want to try and pursue working in professional sports once I am done with Washington State. So, my favorite sports, first of all, and I will have some biases, and I am sorry about that, but it's my podcast, so I am sorry. So, starting with baseball, gotta go San Francisco Giants. Football, San Francisco 49ers. It's a sore subject, folks. Sore subject right now. Basketball, Portland Trailblazers. Soccer, Portland Timbers. And, of course, all Washington State sports. Now, those are my main sports. I'll follow some others, but those are the main ones I really like. Now, why I have an array of three different states. Well, Washington state sports is because I go to Washington state. So I feel like that one's pretty obvious Portland Timbers and Portland trailblazers because I'm from the Portland area. So I feel like that one kind of makes sense. And then the San Francisco giants and the San Francisco 49ers, my whole family's from the Bay area. So they've always been San Francisco fans and they just got me into them and been a fan ever since. So those are my sports teams. If I think of anything else along the way that I think is noted to the listeners to know about myself, I'll just stop and let you guys know. So now I'm going to talk about the Oscars. What I think's kind of cool is it used to be later in the month, end of February or so, and now it's February 9th, which I think the Oscars is one of the more entertaining award shows to watch. If I have the time and I'm able to... I do like to watch all of the Oscars because I like to know what gets the best picture, best actor, best actress, blah, blah, blah. And usually, though, I've heard of one best picture movie. I mean, I do like to watch movies, but I don't watch a lot of them. I feel like a lot of them are just foreign movies or something like that. But this year, I actually was able to watch five nominees of the best picture and... I'm going to give my little take on it. The first movie is A Marriage Story, directed by Noah Baumbach, and it's starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Now, I thought this was very well done. It was a Netflix original movie, and it's not your classic movie where there's a divorce going on and it's the stereotypical type. It's different. It's 
modern. It's real. It felt like you were in the story with them, like almost like a documentary, but it just, it was organic and I, I really liked it. So that, that one got some high praise from me. I, I, I'd vote to go see that one. And if you have Netflix, then why not watch that one? Continuing on the Netflix theme, I also watched The Irishman, directed by Martin Scorsese. I can't ever pronounce his name, but everybody knows who it is, though. So this movie, I felt like I was watching for 10 days because it was about three and a half hours. But that being said, it was a stellar movie with a stellar cast in Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Peschke. It's it's your classic crime drama type movie, and even though it was so long, you just wanted to keep watching it, see what's going to happen. And something I think they did really well in the movie was the makeup with it, and they were able to make Robert De Niro, for example, look in his 40s all the way up to his late nineties and you thought almost it was a different person because the makeup was so well done or that it was shot in different time periods, but that's the kind of technology and makeup that we have now. And it's, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. The next movie is the Joker directed by Todd Phillips and was starring Joaquin Phoenix. This movie was it was it was quite good. Now, Todd Phillips is more known for his comedy type movies like The Hangover Trilogy, Old School, and Scar- Starsky and Hutch. Great movies. Obviously, those are not going to win Oscar Best Picture, you know? This just flipped the script. It's not funny. It's just a serious type movie. It's a great movie. But it's it's cool for Phillips to be able to have that versatile effect where he can just do a great comedy movie like The Hangover and then do this, The Joker, which it's just, it's a great balance right there. I did really like it. I don't think it'll win Best Picture. But I do think there will be a second Joker that one, that one, I do love The Dark Knight, but that one I think will be better than The Dark Knight, will be the best superhero, supervillain movie of all time. That's my hot take. Hot take of the day. The next movie is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Now, Quentin Tarantino is known for his obscure type movies with just some weird, gory type stuff and just weird, weird stuff. But yeah, it's good. You you want to watch it, though. And this kind of flipped the script. It wasn't like Phillips. He kind of had a little different swing to it where this wasn't his traditional type of movie and following the same type of blueprint he kind of went on a different stepping stone here 
with the help of Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. And, you know, it kind of took into a different account into it, which was kind of a hard movie to follow. But once you were in it, it was like you kind of want to be thinking. And when you look closer, it went into the Charles Manson murders, which was kind of a cool take on it. But then after, that's one of those movies where you're looking through Google for 40 minutes. Like, what exactly was that ending? What exactly was that movie? I felt like Brad Pitt was driving in the car for the whole movie. Or Leonardo DiCaprio was on set the whole time. So, it was it was an interesting movie. It wasn't my favorite, but... It really made you think, which I did like that part. That was kind of cool. The last movie that I saw was 1917, directed by Sam Mendes. And it was starring Dean Charles Chapman and George McKay. Now this, this was, this was really good. Very, very well done. And it's fiction, but based on stories from the director, Sam Mendez's grandfather, who was in the war. But it, it was it was just a one-take movie. And I, I don't know if they actually did do it in one take, but just phenomenally well done. But you follow these two guys on their journey, and it feels like you're the third member. I, I saw it in IMAX, which, if you haven't seen it, recommend seeing it in IMAX because then it just makes the screen bigger, makes the experience better because it is actually like you're going on an experience with them, which is really cool. The story was great. Everything about it I thought was really well done. That that was top notch. There was still a few movies that I did not see. The other movies that I didn't see were Ford versus Ferrari, Jojo Rabbit, Little Woman, and Parasite. Now, I do want to see all of those movies eventually, but, you know, it was hard to see all of them when also the Oscars is February 9th. See, this is, I guess, the one thing, if it was at the end of the month, I maybe would try and squeeze in a few of those, but it's hard. I feel accomplished with watching five of them, over half, so... That's a small victory for me, so go Ben, I guess. Now, my voting from just the five movies I saw doesn't mean anything, but I'm going to just give my take on the five best picture movies that I saw. Take it for what you want. Now, if I was picking from these, the best picture would be 1917. Just, it was an all-around fantastic movie from the film work through the story through everything about it you're following these people and you are the third member you are going with them the camera does not stop the camera goes with them it doesn't do a black screen change doesn't do anything like that you're going with them on this journey you are holding the camera in essence really cool really well done the second would be The Irishman. That I did really like. The length, I think, just... It hurts them. But at the same time, if the movie's shorter, 
you're losing valuable time of that movie that you do need to have. So there's not really a lot that you could cut out of the movie. You do need that three and a half hours of the movie in it. So it's it's a give and take. It's hard to take it away. Now, if they were able to make it a two and a half hour movie and it still was that good, that could be best picture. But I I do think 1917 has it beat out. The next one would be The Joker. The Joker was phenomenal. And like I said, The Joker 2, which I I feel like there will be a Joker 2 if it has not been announced yet. Joker 2 will be the best hero villain type movie of all time. At the moment, at least. But that being said, The Joker was no stick in the mud. The Joker was very good. Great story with it. You're getting a background story on one of the best villains in any movie. In The Dark Knight. That's, I think, part of the reason The Dark Knight was so good was how Heath Ledger portrayed the Joker and was just phenomenal in the role. I mean, it unfortunately took his life because he got way too into it. And Joaquin Phoenix... When he was playing the Joker in this, he got way into the role and he had to seek some help too. It's just, it's a tough role to play and it shows from the way they've been able to play it, how into the character they get. The next movie would be A Marriage Story. This was, like I mentioned before, not your traditional divorce type story. Really, really well done, but... The movies ahead of it were just a lot better. So nothing against this movie. Everything was just really, really well done. And last but not least is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I liked it, but it was just, it wasn't my cup of chowder. I'm going to be completely honest here. It just, it was hard to follow. And... That's good. I do like being able to think in a movie. Don't get me wrong about that. But there's there's a line. And it just it didn't seem like the story really was going anywhere until the end. It seemed like the first hour and a half you're just thinking, all right, is the movie going to pick up at some point? Or are we just watching a live feed of what they're doing currently? So... It was okay. It was okay. Since it's now 2020, some notable other movies that I saw in 2019 were Knives Out, which Knives Out, it's your classic whodunit type movie, but it's not your classic whodunit mystery. They flipped it that's not who you thought it would be they switched it the story was really really cool and a great cast along the way i i really liked it it was it was cool well done and it was, it was just a fun movie to go see in the theater next one star wars the rise of the skywalker now i I am uh, 
fan of the original three Star Wars movies. I've seen all of them, and over time, it's just kind of harder and harder to watch the Star Wars movies, especially when Disney has taken over. So the last few with them, I think, have gotten worse and worse. And Rise of the Skywalker, I think, was a mockery to the Star Wars brand. I thought that it was cheesy, just things that you would not see to happen in a normal type of Star Wars movie, and just didn't fit, and it just didn't go with your classic Star Wars story. Now, I get it. They're trying to redo their own Star Wars brand from a George Lucas type, which that's fine, but I don't think that this necessarily is the way to do it. So if it continues like this, I think Star Wars may have just lost my money, which I, I have been a big Star Wars fan, but if they're produced like that again, I don't know if I can see that. But that being said, the Rogue One and Solo movie that Disney did make, those were very, very well done, and I did like those. So if more of those type of movies are made, I will see that. But if this type of movie is produced, like Rise of Skywalker, you won't see me in that theater. Another one... Rocket Man. Now, the big thing in 2018, or rather 2019, at the Oscars was Bohemian Rhapsody, which was voted for Best Picture, was really well done. Rami Malek did a great job portraying Freddie Mercury. Really 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 good movie i do really like queen so that also helps that i like the movie a lot now rocket man i was excited to see i really like elton john great hits all of that so i'm like yeah this is going to be a good movie it wasn't what i was expecting and i thought it was going to be almost like a bohemian rhapsody like a good entertaining movie you know throw some fun, you know, you got songs, but they're in there organically. Yeah. His weren't really organic. It was just a musical, which musicals are fine, but this was a forced musical. It was just walking down the street and boom, everybody's singing the song. It's just, I don't know. I want to see like a story a story, like something that's more real, not like that's, we know that didn't happen. Elton, it might've happened in your brain, but uh, no, no. Another notable that I saw was Uncut Gems. Now, there there was hype right at the beginning when this came out. Adam Sandler could be getting a Oscar for Best Actor. Now, I am a huge Adam Sandler fan. He's one of my favorite uh, comedian. Loved him in SNL. But I don't know how he got that praise at first. He didn't end up being a nomination for Best Actor. And I think that does make sense because he was great in the role. 
do not get me wrong. I do think the movie was good, but I don't think that it was anywhere close to being to that level. Just, I don't think he did a lot to make him be a best actor type. You know, it's just, I feel like the role itself was hard to just make it known to be a nominee for a best actor. But that being said, it was good. It was a weird movie. I think the ending, I won't really talk about it for those who haven't seen it, but I do think the ending, if it ended a different way, it would be better. Now, not... the way everybody would think there still would be a death, but then a little twist in the end end. I'm, I'm confusing a lot of people here, but yeah. Yeah. My last notable is Avengers Endgame. Now I've seen, I think pretty much every Avenger type movie and I'm kind of one of those people that's, I just never really got fully invested and fully a fan of the Avengers movies. I've seen pretty much all, if not all of them, but I don't know. I just, I saw it. I'm like, okay, that was pretty good. Or I, I didn't really like that one. Avengers Endgame, I was not the biggest fan of. Now, I did think it was better than the previous one, um, where that one, it was just really with the Thanos snap and then everybody just disappearing. It was just... I mean, you knew they were all going to come back, but still, that one was... That was a no-go for me. Endgame, though, I thought was better. The ending, I thought, was the best part of it. I thought that was good. It was a good organic end to that. But you know that, just like Star Wars, The Rise of the Skywalker, they're quote-unquote over, but they're not over. They're not going to be over. They're both owned by Disney. They're both going to get a lot more movies made. Or you know, best case, they just make like prequels or something off chain, which that I'm fine with. Do that. Now I'm harping on Disney, but I am a huge Disney fan. I, I do love Disney, Disneyland, Disney movies, all of that type of stuff. But I mean, they've done some things that I'm going to be a critic on. So meh. Uh, but one thing I do like, or one of the things I do like, not just the one thing, but Disney Plus. Now, I'm not going to lie. I did think that Disney Plus was going to be a bust. But, I mean, I'm a huge Disney fan. So, yes, I'm going to get that. And, yes, I'm going to get that on opening day. Are you kidding me? Of course. So, I got Disney Plus, And the big, big thing with it was The Mandalorian which is like a Star Wars TV show. And I'm a little skeptical watching this, thinking, okay, I don't know how this is going to be, considering the past Star Wars movies have not been that great. So I'm a little unsure about it. But then I've watched it. It's, 
it's completely different from those and it's the picture quality is fantastic the story is really good it's it's got my vote i think that show is pretty good pretty good i'm waiting now on a season two Another one that I've really liked is the Imagineering story. Now, I'm somebody that really likes Disneyland, the history of it. You know, kind of like Walt made this when he was here and now it's been here forever and blah, 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 blah. Like, that's the kind of stuff I like. And then, you know, when I go visit it and then it's actually there, you know, like one of the things they always do and say, if you've ever been to Disneyland is when Walt Disney went to Disneyland and he would stay the night, he would stay above the firehouse and he had a little bed, a little mini apartment in there. And he always would leave the light on when he was in there to let everybody in the park know that he was there like Walt was here so you have to be on your best behavior basically and now they just always leave the light on like Walt's always with us type of thing and it's like that's that's his area so that's that's kind of cool but I just think it's kind of cool like little tidbits like that like in the first episode of the Imagineering story they go and tour the Matterhorn which it's like, that's a cool ride, and you're going and touring it, and it's like, this is awesome. You can't do that when you're at Disneyland, so it's like, things like that. That's really cool that you're able to see it. And some, like, original blueprints, you're seeing, like, actual cast members. It's just, it's really fascinating to me. It's now time for a word from our sponsors. That's right, I do not have any sponsors, so instead, here's the song of the day. Groovin' by the Young Rascals, released July 31st, 1967. It's an oldie, but a goodie, and it's just one of those feel-good songs that I really like. Here we go.
And there's the song of the day, Groovin'. And that's one of my all-time favorites right there. It's just, it's a feel-good song that, personally, I could just listen hours on hours. It's just, the beat is so catchy, and it's just, you're grooving, you know? You're feeling good, feeling feeling groovy. That's a, That's another good song right there. So this is something I will do each podcast, just have a song of the day, either an oldie like that from 1967, maybe a new song, maybe a song everybody loves, you know, just kind of a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Keep you guys guessing. So hope you enjoy it and hope you enjoyed that song. If you have or have not heard it, I'm now going to be doing some of the best sports rivalries in my opinion. Now, instead of doing it like the top 10 best sports rivalries, I'm going to just do best rivalries by sports. Now, some have a couple per sport. And I'm sorry about that, but I just thought that there were a couple that were really good. Now, this is not every sport, and I apologize. It's NBA, NCAA basketball, MLS, NCAA football, NFL, and MLB. So, here we go. For NBA, I have the Lakers and the Celtics. Now, this has been a great rivalry from way back from Larry and Magic to Paul Pierce and Kobe Bryant, RIP. It's very good. They've met in the championship a lot. They have had each other's numbers. They both hate each other. And it just shows that that is... That's what you want in a rivalry right there. Just teams that hate each other. It's fun to watch. You like to be able to see that. And this is a rivalry. It has been able to keep this hatred. And you want to be able to see that because it's fun as a fan to be able to see teams that just don't like each other because then it's just like, that's a prime time game. You want to see that even if it's, You've never heard of any of those players on the team. It's, shoot, it's the Lakers and the Clippers. Like, I don't care who's playing it on the team. It's the Lakers and the Clippers, you know? So, that's a fun one. For NCAA basketball, North Carolina versus Duke. Now, this is just your classic in-conference rivalry. So, they're meeting two times a year. It's nitty gritty. It's it's quite entertaining seeing this. And for me, who is somebody working for a team in the Pac-12, still, when they're playing, that's very entertaining to see. And no matter who wins, I mean, it's not like I'm rooting for somebody, but it's just some game that I love to watch because... They don't like each other. Roy, Coach Williams, and Coach K, they just 
have great teams that they produce. They're great coaches, and it's always a fun matchup to see. The next one is MLS soccer. Now, there might not be a lot of MLS fans here, but I am a big MLS fan, and like I said, I'm a Timbers fan. And yes, this one maybe has a little bias, but at the same time, it doesn't. This one is the Portland Timbers versus the Seattle Sounders. Now, they both hate each other. They absolutely cannot stand each other. And I have had season tickets to the Timbers, so I've seen it firsthand that the crowd does not like the Sounders at all. They have chants a lot of the game, and they're just saying F Seattle. Not actually F, but the word Seattle. And it's it's <laughs> very entertaining. And when you're on watching it on TV, you see the emotion that they have, or watching it live, you see the emotion that the players have. They're trained to hate one another, and they really take that into account. And it's it's really fun to see. So I do not like Seattle sports at all. For NCAA football, I have to go with Ohio State and Michigan. Now, that's a matchup that has been good for a while. Teetered for a little bit. Michigan kind of went down into a rut. Harbaugh, my old buddy with the Niners, has brought them back. They're now back to a good powerhouse football team, and it's made this back to a classic duel. It's entertaining when they play each other because both of their logos are Ohio State, just the O, and Michigan, just an M. And I've seen pictures through social media over the years where, you, you know, throughout campus, Michigan, for example, will X out all of the O's around campus or Ohio state crosses off the M's and it's, it's stuff like that. That's awesome. That's, that's a fun rivalry right there. And if you get your students involved into it like that in a college, that's cool. And then you can be able to bring it on. And if you're a Michigan fan, always hate Ohio state or vice versa. Like that's cool. I do like that for NFL. I got two. I got a historic good one, and I got a modern good one. The historic good one is the Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears. That's, I mean, me, I say more. I think that that's just your classic, when you're thinking just like leatherhead type football game, Lombardi, Dicka, I mean, obviously they didn't go at the same time, but you get my drift here. Um, Bears have not been great as of late. They didn't make the playoffs last year, but they're trying to be on the up and up, but I think they need a quarterback before they do anything. Trubisky is not going to get them there, so sorry for any Trubisky fans, but he's... The AFL just started, so uh, he might want to try out for that. Just 
saying. Um, my modern one would be my San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Now, yes, I know I chose my team here, but this is just been a great rivalry when Harbaugh was there and Pete Carroll. And though the Seahawks did take a lot of the numbers then, unfortunately, and then in the NFC Championship game, unfortunately, but then it kind of died down when the Niners started to not play as good and won few games. But then we got Kyle Shanahan in, and this year, you know, we had two of the most entertaining games of the season. First game, we lose in overtime just barely to the Seahawks. We miss a field goal. They make their field goal right as time's expiring in overtime, so almost was a tie, but just a great game. Second time we play them, we win on a goal line stop at the inch line. It's just, the games are quite close. The teams hate each other. The fans hate each other. It's fun atmospheres to be at and to see. Or is it fun? I don't, I don't know. And last but not least is MLB. Now, Rivalries are good in all sports, but I personally think that the rivalries in baseball are, are just unmatched. It's, it's another level of how good rivalries are in baseball. For example, you could have just a guy beam the batter. Now, I'm not saying that... I like when that happens. I don't, but you get just a pitcher that is just so mad and does that they're, they're fighting on the mound and that happens a few times in a season. And it's not uncommon when it does happen. You know, you get the dugouts clearing, people are swinging and it, it it's, it's a whole thing. And is it because they don't like the player? Yes. Is it because they don't like the team? Also, yes. So it's cool. Do they keep those rivalries going? Yes, they do. And it's really cool to see that. Now, two teams on this one. The first is the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. Like, of course, they're East Coast rivalries, division rivals, and... It, it's just one of the best in sports. You got it. The Babe started with the Red Sox as a pitcher, which a lot of people don't know. And he was actually pretty good. He was pretty good. If he stayed as a pitcher and didn't move to a hitter, he could have been... I mean, I don't know how good he would have been, but I think that he would have been pretty solid. People still would have known his name if he was a pitcher his whole career. Then he left. He goes to the Yankees. The big rifle. 
And then the Red Sox don't win a World Series until 2004. It was the Babe Ruth curse. Yankees have won 27 World Series. Now Red Sox have become a powerhouse. They've won it in 2007, 2013. And, you know, you have fun teams there. You have Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz. You know, it's fun to watch. You got on the Yankees, Alex Rodriguez, Derek Jeter, who just got into the Hall of Fame. You know, you got players like that. It's fun to watch that type of game. And that rivalry is no doubt about it still there. And they play, it feels like division teams in baseball play about 50 times a year, which I'm not against that. I do like seeing those. The other one goes the New York slash San Francisco Giants and the Brooklyn slash Los Angeles Dodgers. This is a rivalry that started in New York and has gone all the way to California. Obviously, I'm a Giants fan, but besides that, how do you not throw this in there? This is... This is, this is a good one, I think. And... It's like, I, I was grown up to not like the Dodgers. And not just do not like the Dodgers, but the Dodgers are, they're the bad guys, basically. And it's it's funny how you're just raised, can be raised like that on how a team can be that much of a rivalry and an enemy like that. But, for example, I remember when Madison Bumgardner, now it's saying when he was on the Giants, he's now on the Arizona Diamondbacks, which that's going to be weird this season to see. But I think it was time for him to go as a Giants fan. It's hard to say that, as he's done so much for the team. But when him and another player that used to be on the Dodgers isn't anymore is a free agent. The Giants could get him, just saying, even though I still don't like him and it would be hard to root for him, is Yasel Puig. Now, the two players absolutely hated each other. And this goes back to my example earlier with a player beaming somebody. Yeah, that's Bumgardner and Puig. Bumgardner hated Puig. Puig hated Bumgardner. Bumgardner hated the Dodgers. Puig hated the Giants. They had fights. They didn't like each other. It was known this helped just intensify this rivalry. It was one that people wanted to watch. You wanted to watch it on Monday night baseball whenever they played. You want to watch that primetime game. It doesn't matter the players that are playing. It's obviously you want them to be good, but it's just it's so nitty gritty. You feel like there could be a fight. Obviously, as a fan, you don't want to see the fight, but it's bad. People like to see those fights. They like to see the nitty-gritty type things like that. But rivalries are good. You know, the media feeds on rivalries, and they, they, don't, they don't want to try and kill a rivalry. They get 
attention from rivalries. They love to cover rivalries. Fans, if you're going to a game, you're if you could pick between the Giants and another division team, the Padres, let's say. Eh, you could you could find a ticket anywhere and I mean, it would be an enjoyable game, but if you went to the Giants and Dodgers, there's there's a chippy game for you. There's a game that it's going to be hard to find a ticket. There's the booing. There's the screaming. There, the screaming from the, why are you up? Not like somebody's getting hurt, but just, it's a different feel, but it, it's one you want to watch. You want to go to just rivalries are a different experience, but they're good. They're good to have. They're good to watch. It just makes it so the modern age of sports keeps that going and they want to keep that name. You know, they look back at all the posters and they're like that one I remember watching that as a kid type of thing. And it's like, I want to still have that hatred because even if the team that they play for, maybe they grew up as a Dodger fan and they got drafted by the Giants. I mean, sure, they might be a Dodger fan always in the back, but on on the baseball field, on the diamond they're going to be a Giants fan and they're not going to be a Dodger fan at all. And they're, they're wanting to beat the Dodgers so much. I mean, yeah, they want to win all of their games and everything like that. Go 162 and Oh, just try and do that. But you want to beat the rival. You want to beat that rival team. If you are able to beat your rival and you have, Maybe you don't have a better record at the end of the season than your rival, but you have a better overall record against them one-on-one. That's a small victory, and that's a small victory that plays to a big victory. And that's one that has bragging rights, and that's fun to have. I don't know if any of you have been on an airplane traveling by yourself, and you know it's late at night, You got your headphones in. You just want to kind of relax. Maybe take a nap. Maybe read a magazine or a book. Glance out the window if there's some pretty views. See the sunset, mountains, cool-looking cloud formation. You just want to relax. It's a nice, quick hour, two-hour flight. And the last thing you want to do is talk to the person next to you. Why does it feel like always the times when you do not want to talk to somebody on the plane is the time when they want to talk to you? So I flew home to watch the Super Bowl and unfortunately the Niners lost. And on my way back, I had my headphones on and my flight was at 10:30 at night or something like that and i'm just wanting to relax music maybe a little slumber 
for my quick flight. Then this person tries to talk to me when my headphones on. Now, I'm not trying to be mean, but I feel like the international rule is when the headphone is on. That's that's basically saying I'm I'm in the bathroom. It's it's occupied. Do not talk. Uh, that's me. That's personally me. If if the headphone comes off, so it's just one gone, that that's your windows open. It's it's vacant now. You can talk to me. Go for it. You know, I'm ordering a drink. You know, yeah, I'll take a water, please. You can talk. Hey, oh, I see you're reading this. Um, what, what do you think about that? All right, I'll talk for a minute or two. I'm going to drink my water. And then when the headphone comes back onto the ear, then it's back to occupied and we go our separate ways. It's, I, I think that that's fine. It's not, not too much to ask for, especially if you walk onto the airplane, you're already listening to the music. Then, then it's, you should know if you can also see on my phone that I have music playing and yet you continue to talk. I don't know. I don't know. Another thing is when you're sitting next to someone who has a pet. Now I'm fine with emotional support dogs and cats and whatever. I feel like there's now an emotional support pet for any type of animal, which is cool. Um, but there's always the yapper dogs on the plane. Oh, don't worry. They, they don't, they don't bark. They don't bark. They're the, they're the calmest dog. And then it's always those dogs that are quote unquote, the calmest dogs that are yapping the whole entire plane. And you, you just, you can't do anything about it. You, you see those Bose commercials that cancel all the noise? Well, that'd be nice to have on that flight because this this doesn't cancel it. And I can hear the Shizu or whatever dog it is just barking. And I don't know. I mean, yes, if I'm a dog owner, I would prefer to have my dog with me than down and getting trampled by a suitcase or something down below the plane. But that being said, you have to be aware of other people on the plane, especially if it's a big plane that your annoying dog could be annoying other people. Now, don't get it wrong. I do love dogs a lot, but if it's barking my ear off at a red eye on a, at least two-hour plane ride, I'm not going to be a happy person. And I'm probably not going to be the only one. Probably everybody else on the flight's not going to be thrilled. That's just a little opinion type thing that I had. And my little my little two cents, you know? Just drop it into the bank. You know, a little, little two, two cents there. So... I like to now end the podcast, and with every podcast, I like to end with a little Disney fact of the day. 
like I said, I am, even though I was harping on Avengers and Star Wars, I am a huge Disney fan, and maybe maybe you guys are Disney fans, maybe you're not, but I'll give you a little Disney fact otherwise. I did technically give you a fact about the light with Walt, but it's the first episode, a little spectacular, where, you know, we're going to throw in a little double dosage. So, all of the plants in Tomorrowland, in Disneyland, I don't know for a fact if this is true in Disney World, but I know in Disneyland it is. But all the plants in Tomorrowland in Disneyland are edible. So, the next time, or the first time, you're in Disneyland, so in Anaheim, California, just by L.A., and you're in Tomorrowland, so you're standing by Space Mountain, you know, I'm getting kind of hungry, and you see this tree, you know, pick off a leaf, eat it, eat it, just eat it, I don't know how it will taste, I haven't done it, I, I'm a little scared, but it is edible, because that was the whole point, that was Walt's vision, is that he wanted it to be a futuristic place, and he wanted people to be able to eat the plants there, and I, I don't know, I don't know if they taste good, I, I don't know, we'll need some reporting on this, so... That is that is episode one, podcast one. Thank you for listening or not listening or having it on, whatever the case may be. Until next time, this is Ben Baldwin. Ciao for now.